Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. I'm your host, Betty Jo Tucker, speaking to you from snowy Colorado during this second week of March 2011. Our guest today is the lovely and talented Yara Martinez, whose acting credits include A&E's exciting new drama, Breakout Kings, and many other TV shows such as Southland, Chase, The Unit, and My Own Worst Enemy. Yara has also appeared in the excellent film remake of The Hitcher and in an ABC Family Night movie called A Walk in My Shoes. I caught up with Yara this morning as she was getting ready to go to the airport in Los Angeles, and I'll play her delightful recorded interview in just a few minutes. But first, let's check with Nikki Starr to see how systems are going in the chat room, as well as with Jazz Shaw to find out if he's ready uh, to comment on uh, Yara's interview after, after we hear the tape. Nikki, is the chat open now? Yes, ma'am, it is, and we are ready to go. Thanks, Nikki, and thanks to the people who signed up for the chat, as well as our other listeners. As a special treat today, folks, Nikki has agreed to give us a review of the upcoming movie she and I are most eager to see this year. But I think we'll keep the name of that film a surprise to hear about during the last part of our show. Thanks also to Jazz for being here to co-host, uh, co-host again today. I miss Jazz while interviewing Yara Martinez this morning, but I'm eager to hear his reactions after we play the 18-minute tape. Jazz, are you ready to hear Yara's interview? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm always all set, and I will be interested to hear what she has to say, and I'm sorry I didn't make it earlier, but I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, it's uh, it's not easy for me to do these interviews without you, but, but I know that uh, you would have been there if you could. So we're going to hear from Yara Martinez right now. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Yara. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're so glad that you could take the time to talk with us today. You must be a very busy actress right now with your work in the new TV series Breakout Kings, and I think you've just finished up with Southland. Am I right about that? Yeah, I just finished Southland, and Breakout Kings is just starting to air, and um, it's also pilot season. <laughs> so without, among all of that, I'm auditioning a lot, so it's definite madness. Definitely, I'll bet it is. But you're probably enjoying every minute, I imagine. I <laughs> and enjoy you know, every everything that has to do with with my work. I always feel really, really fortunate to be able to do it. So I'm definitely enjoying well, it. 
I can tell, and and your fans appreciate you and sitting at the desk job. (laughs) That's for sure. That's right. That's right. I I I think that uh, that that's a good attitude to have to be in the business that you're in. And you know, Yara, the first time I saw you was in the pilot for My Own Worst Enemy, where you uh, played Christian Slater's wife. And believe it or not, I I was uh, I was uh, smitten because you were so lovely (laughs) and believable that I. Turned to my husband and I said, "That gal is going places, <laughs> and you have." Oh, thank and you. I, you're welcome, and you know that, of course, is in the past. But um, well, it was great to work with Christian Slater. That was that was amazing. Because oh. I grew, I no, mean, I like being, I was like a fan of like Heather's is one of my favorite movies, and True Romance. So that was definitely one of those moments in my career that I was like, I cannot believe that I'm working with Christian Slater. This is insane. I would have never thought, like, dreamt that in a thousand years, like, growing up. It's it's just insane. It was crazy. Well, you certainly uh, made a very, very uh, uh, convincing couple. And uh, I I was so sorry when that series got uh, canceled because I think it had a lot of potential. But... um, the DVD, uh, I think, is out on that. So if any of our listeners haven't seen My Own Worst Enemy, I encourage them to take a look at that. But I know that you're uh, interested in talking about uh, the new TV series on Arts and Entertainment Channel, which is Breakout King. So why don't you tell us a little bit about about that series and about the character you play there? Yeah, it, it the premiere was on Sunday, and I, and I hadn't seen it, so I was I was really excited to finally be able to see it, and I thought it was great. Um, it's about U.S. Marshals that are going after um, people that escape, well, prisoners that escape from prison, but they team up with ex-cons, and they create this team, Breakout Kings, looking um, looking for these these prisoners that escaped, and I play the wife of one of the marshals, um, played by Laz Alonso, who's Cuban, so that was really cool because I'm Cuban, so it was really, it was fun to work with another Cuban actor. I've never actually worked with another Cuban actor. Whenever I've played the wife of someone, they're usually, I don't know, like, if they're Latino, they're, like, usually Mexican, I feel like, here in L.A., so, like, it was nice to have, like, certain slang words and certain things that we just were able to connect on, like, right off the bat, so that was really nice, and, um, and I play his wife, and we were, you know, we're basically a couple that we were, like, high school sweethearts, and he's very involved in work, and I'm trying to, like, get him back, you know, to putting more energy into the relationship and spicing things up, and then something happens that I can't say, <laughs> but it's, it's no. crazy. There's definitely a lot of action on the show, a lot of action. It's from the same yeah. creators of Prison Break, so the same producers, so... So there's def- it's definitely yes, and it has some humor in it, um, I, which I, I kind of missed in Prison Break because that was yeah. So this is definitely has like a little wink of humor for sure. Yeah, which makes it fun. It's it's it has a nice tone. I, I enjoyed the pilot, so that was that was nice. Well, I did too. I, I watched it, and um, it had a, a gunplay, and it had violence, and it had. Uh, you know, it was really violent. I was actually, I was actually like the first shot with um with the convict with the axe, like hitting someone over the head. I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. And then that's when I'm reminded of like, oh, that's right, it's on cable because I'm so used to shows that I'm being on being on network television, which have to be more toned down. So seeing something like that, I was like, oh wow, that's right, it's a cable show. So, <laughs> well, well, yes, it uh, it, it was. 
I think it's going to be a big success because people do like to see the <laughs> to see the action see and the violence. violence and yeah, and then but they do we do like to have good character development. So I got um, yeah. interested in, and it in some has of the characters. characters. On, yeah, I feel like and I, I feel like the actors on the show are great and and the characters are really well written. So I definitely think that would be appealing for an audience. Well, congratulations on um, on uh, getting uh, a part in in that series, which I Thank think you. will probably take off. You're very welcome. And of course, this is Movie Attic headquarters, Yada. So mm-hmm. I also want to ask you about working with Sean Bean in one of my favorite movie remakes, The Hitcher. <laughs> what was the most? Yeah, I bet I bet that was something to get a chance to work with uh, Sean Bean. And there must have been well, some the- interesting experiences there. Well, the crazy thing is that my first job ever was a pilot that didn't go for Fox, but it was directed by Joe Carnahan, and it was opposite Sean Bean. And it was called Faceless. And my first, like, acting scene ever, I mean, I studied theater and all that stuff, but, like, for television, my first acting scene was at a bar with Sean Bean. And that was really surreal, and I was so nervous and he like we sit down and he's like, so what have you done? Because we had a man. He's like, so what have you done? I'm like, this is my first job. <laughs> and he looked at me like I was crazy. But the the great thing was that the scene was about two people getting to know each other, and and as actors we were kind of figuring each other out, and we really just connected. It gelled. So to be able to see him again um, on the Hitcher was great because you don't really you don't really think that you're gonna get to work with such great people again. So it was it was nice to be able to go um, to Santa Fe and see him again and work with with all of them and actually Zach Knight and too who's my friend so that was really nice and I was lucky enough to get there on a Friday and Saturday night was like is the only day that everyone had off so I was able to go out and Santa Fe with everyone so that was really really fun and crazy it's, it's it was fun to see everyone just like let loose. Well, that particular movie, um, I didn't. I, I was wary about uh, going to see it because I had enjoyed the Rutger Hauer version uh, a yeah, few years great. before, and mm-hmm. I was so pleasantly surprised at what a good job everyone did with this with this remake. Uh, it it just absolutely got my heart pounding and my blood pressure soaring. And yeah, um, it's nice he, when that happens. He was. <laughs> Yeah, and and Sean, he he looked the part. He he looked unshaven and disheveled and steely eyed, and yeah, he really he's so, just such an amazing so actor that it's always. I mean, whenever I'm on set with him, it's like I just like to like sit and watch and see what he does because it's. I mean, that whole less is more. Like he really just pulls it off in this way that makes him so interesting and I don't know the dynamic. It's, it's he's just great. Yes, I agree. I certainly agree with you. And but I wanted to get back to TV because you've had so many roles on TV, including um, that NBC Family Night uh, movie fairly recently. Shoes. I think in December, <laughs> A Walk in My Shoes. Could yeah. You talk a little bit about your experience um, in that movie. Well, it was funny when I got the part because she's like the character that I got is is kind of like an angel-like figure, you know, like a, a like fairy godmother angel. And I just never <laughs> thought that I would, I don't know why, I just never thought I would get it. I never thought I'd play an angel. <laughs> so that was just, you know, like one of those life moments. It's just, you know, it's funny. But it was great. It shot in Portland, and I loved the crew, and I loved, loved Portland. 
And um, I don't know, John, the director, would, would like, he was tricky. Like, we would be shooting, like, late at night and uh, just to, like, stay up and just, you know, stay active and, and keep, you know, I don't know, just when you're working those late hours, especially the crew, they work so hard. So I would just, like, goof around on set a lot and say silly things. And I don't know what, one night I just, I don't know why, I just started to start dancing, thinking that no, like, think, did, didn't, not thinking that he was going to ask me to do that for a scene. And he was like, yeah, that little move that you did, do it on this, do it in this scene. And, like, I kind of didn't go for it the first two times. He's like, I saw you dance. Do it now. Like, you know, and I did it. And it's just so, it was one of those things that I'm like, I, I told him, I was like, you need to dance at the end of this for everybody because I cannot believe it. You just made me do this. So, yeah, it was, he tried to, like, incorporate a lot of the stuff that I did off camera, on camera. So, that was that I heard was him say funny. <laughs> you did. I you really you really did have the moves there. I thought, and and um, the director said that he was trying to get you to bring your Miami girl attitude. Into, I know into that, that movie. was. Yeah, that was. It's like by the end, I was like, I would like look over my shoulder to make sure that John wasn't seeing anything I was doing. I was like, this is crazy, but it worked. You know, he's smart. He knew he knew what he was doing. And I trusted it him. Did work. You know, it's just funny I, I when, when someone shows like, again. Huh? I hope that that movie shows again on uh, NBC. Probably so that will. Uh, I think it probably will. So listeners, yeah, nice. uh, watch out for a walk in my shoes, and you'll see <laughs> you'll see the moves that we're talking about that that y'all oh, did God. in that movie. <laughs> now you've had a lot of other. Uh, roles on uh, TV. Uh, do you have any um, that you'd like to mention that were your favorites or well, that were I the just, most challenging to you? Well, I just finished. Um, Why well, didn't ju- actually? Yeah, I did just finish Southland. Um, I played um, the wife of of Kevin Alejandro, who was a detective on Southland, and his character died on the show. So that was hmm. that. I had to do a scene where I find out that he's dead. That there were no. Um, no words, and with Sean Hattesey, who played his partner, and that was really challenging because it was gut-wrenching to go there, and then at the same time, the director made us do it, like, four times, so I was like, oh, by the end, like, I was drained, and then throughout the course of the show, it's, like, me dealing with his death, and also his partner, played by Sean Hattesey, is living in our house, so there's always those complicated emotions that, um, that people deal with when they're so vulnerable and need to just connect to another person. So playing that was definitely, I loved it, but it was definitely a challenge because it's crazy. It's like I love going to set on Southland. It's one of my favorite shows that I've ever been on, and it's so, and I'm just so happy to be there, but then I have to go to this dark place <laughs> when we're shooting. Mm-hmm. So so that that's, I don't know, I, 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 I like Southland a lot. I hope, I hope they bring me back next season it's it's definitely one of the shows that that i love being a part of and i'm really proud of i think it's a great show it is a great show and and they'll they'll be sorry if they don't bring you back believe me (laughs) well that's what i told them (laughs) yeah that's right good for you good for you well i know we don't we don't have um uh, a full uh, 45 minutes to spend with you like we had originally uh, planned uh, I know because I, I I know that you're you're getting ready to catch a plane but I wanted to ask you uh, just a, a couple of personal questions and um I'm always interested in why people choose acting as a career so 
why did you uh, decide for uh, to go into well, show dance? Well, I grew up dancing really in the like the ballet world, and um, through ballet and all the classical roles, I realized that what I really liked was playing these these characters. Um, and I went to Point Park College one summer when I was twelve, and I had to take an acting class. And I don't know, it just it really it really you know woke me up in a it just it just woke me up in this way that I I had never experienced before and I think what it is and I always wanted to be involved in theater but I think the main reason that I like acting or any art form is because there's this sense when you're really elevated and you really connect that you're not alone like when I see a great piece Mm -hmm. of theater when I hear a great song or a beautiful painting it's just you find this common ground with someone that you would have never expected to and there's a comfort in that and I think that 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 sense of just knowing that you're not alone is is kind of is kind of what I go for in art. Period. So and I think I'm addicted to that. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great thing to be addicted to, I think. And yeah. I, when did you get your first uh, big break? Well, I would think that? like my first my first like break as far as um, like getting work goes was definitely um, getting that pilot with Sean Bean and Joe Carnahan, even though it didn't go just as far as. Um, because you know, people people are really apprehensive and on um, taking a chance on someone that doesn't have anything on their resume, especially for a series mm-hmm. regular part. So that helped me to just at least start getting work. And then when I did the unit, that's like when people like kind of started to recognize. I mean, not that everyone recognizes me, but like you know, I, people at the airport would be like, "Oh, you're Amy's in the unit," and just was like the first kind of regular job that I had. And and I feel like I feel like that really helped. And it was a David Mamet. I mean, David Mamet and Sean Ryan, and just, like, the theater geek in me, the fact that I even was involved with anything that David Mamet does was, like, mm-hmm. amazing. Like, the little geek in me was like, yay, you know. Oh, yes, a real icon. I'm that's, a really big David true. Mamet fan. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm so glad that you mentioned about um, making that uh, that particular pilot and then it didn't, it didn't uh, take off, but... Uh, so many of our uh, younger listeners who want to be act- actors or act- working actors and actresses, uh, that's something important for them to know, that just because one thing isn't successful, it doesn't mean that it isn't going to lead to something else. So yeah, I'm wondering I mean, if, I'm... If, if that's – well, I was kind I'm of sorry. wondering if that, if that would be, be part of your advice to – any of our listeners who want to be actors and actresses, um, is it not to give up or what other kind of advice could you give Yeah, well, definitely patience and perseverance. I mean, I tell myself that all the time. You know, I mean, I I love what I do and I can't imagine doing anything else. So I would first say make sure that this is what you really love and you're in it Mm -hmm. for the right reasons because there's definitely, like, a difference between being a celebrity and being famous and being an actor. Um. And then, yeah, just, you know, always do your best work and know that, that it'll always, if you have good intentions, it'll always lead to something else that's good. So, and patience and perseverance, for sure, is the most important thing. That's great advice. And I know that you're getting ready to catch a plane. <laughs> we, yeah. We promised that we would, only, we would only keep you for about uh, 20 minutes. But I just want you to know uh, that it's been such a treat to talk with you. And oh, thank you so here's much. A, 
There's a big thank you from all your fans at Movie Attic Headquarters for agreeing to to this interview. We wish you continued success and hope you'll come back to visit us again in the future. Will you I do will. That? Thank you for having me. Of course I will. Thank you for having me. It's been our pleasure, Yara. And so bye for now. All right. Enjoy the mountain air. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to thank Nikki for uh, doing such a uh, an efficient job of uh, uploading that interview to the switchboard because uh, uh, we had uh, expected Yara to be here live for for the entire 45 minute show, and then we got word from her publicist that uh, that she was scheduled for uh, an audition and uh, was going to be in air during the time of our show, you know, flying over us rather than being <laughs> talking with us on the phone. So we uh, we found out then that she could interview with us in the morning, and so I uh, immediately asked Nikki if she would be able to upload the interview, and she just was so efficient and got that done for us. So, uh, Nikki, thank you so much for doing that. and. And I did miss Jazz while doing the interview, but I want to give him first opportunity here to um, comment on any of the things that Yara that Yara mentioned in her interview. So, Jazz, you have the floor now. Well, I I thought it was helpful. I, I think she does give good advice for new actors and actresses, people trying to to get into the field. But also, even with the number of credits that she has. I think it's a, a good rejoinder to everyone that this is a hard business, unless you're one of the few people that makes it really to just the creme de la creme level. It's always work. And today's an example of that. She was scheduled to, you know, do the interview with you. She had to change it, and she mentioned this is, you know, this is pilot season, and she's still out there running, doing auditions, working her butt off. And even when you have the number of IMDb credits that somebody like Yara has it's still a constant struggle. You have to keep finding work, and no matter how good you are, no matter how pretty or handsome you are, uh, you've you got to be dedicated to your craft. And anybody that goes into this thinking that this is some sort of a joyride, you know, like one, once you get on TV once and do your first Dove commercial, that you know, now you're rich and famous, and, you know, you can just uh, lounge by the pool in Beverly Hills. Uh, it, it's a lot of work, and I, she shows a good work ethic. I agree with you, and I think the other thing that she shows is that she's probably very good to work with and um, very cooperative and very responsive, and um, probably the people that she works with like her, and I think that's something that's that's very important. And if you'll remember, that's kind of what Patrick Fabian told us in his interview he says remember to be nice <laughs> to everyone and that helps you that definitely helps you get jobs but i'm really very impressed with uh with yara she i i think she's got uh, the ability to do drama and comedy and uh, we didn't say too much about her dancing but she if you get a chance to watch a walk in my shoes you'll see that she certainly has a number of moves that she can do. And she did have ballet training for 10 years, so I think that has uh, stood her in good stead. And another thing uh, I did notice she was her... on one of the earliest seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you're familiar with that show on television. It's still on the air I now. haven't seen that one. 
Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious and it's it's gained a lot of popularity. She helped launch that. Uh she she was on that one in the beginning. And uh she might even yeah. uh, from the the show notes that I was looking at, they they actually mention her name as somebody that might be coming back to do some guest stints, which if I'd been here for the interview, I was going to ask her about. So uh, that that's been picking up a lot of popularity too. It's been on for a few years now, but uh, very funny show. And so she's she's doing comedy as well as you know music, dance, song, dancing, and you know dramatic stuff. So she's got quite the range. Yes, she has. And um, did we mention that she also? had a recurring role on Chase as a fugitive. Uh, Karen Nelson was the name of the character that she that she played. She she did mention that she was on the unit and so she is lining up uh, quite a quite a few credits. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Yara Martinez and um, Yeah, she's not going to get typecast I'm... anytime soon, I don't think, because she she's uh she's doing quite a variety of different uh different types of roles, which is good in that business. Right, and she's very easy on the eye, so that helps too. <laughs> so, well, I didn't so anyway, notice. Of we course, wish I'm a married man. You didn't so notice I don't look that. At those sorts of things. So. <laughs> someone, someone in the in the chat mentioned that, so I think that that definitely helps her too. But um, but now I I've just been uh, very excited when I heard that uh, Nikki agreed to do uh, a little report on this exciting upcoming movie that she and I just can hardly wait to see. So um, I'm going to call on Nikki and um, because it's it's her fault that I'm so excited about this because she's the one who told me to read this particular book. And whenever I read a book, I always think, what kind of movie will this make? And I haven't been this excited about seeing a movie made from a book since the first Harry Potter book that my husband and I read out loud to each other. So I'm going to let Nikki uh, spill the beans and tell our listeners the movie that we're talking about and why we're so excited about it. So, uh, so Nikki, um, you're on. Thank you very much. It's been a long time since I did anything but answer questions or report from the chat room, so I'm very happy to be here. Hopefully my dogs will cooperate today. Okay. <laughs> My, we actually, I forget who we interviewed who recommended the book to us. Can you remember? Oh, that's, well, you recommended it to me, but I think it might have been Diana Sanger. Diana Sanger, when we were talking about from, uh, from page to screen, you know, what, what Mm -hmm. books were coming up. Yeah. And so it was Diana Sanger who mentioned it on our show. And so is that that's the reason then that you that you that is read the reason book. because I really I oh. value her um what she recommends. So I actually got it on my Kindle that very day, finished it that night. And then kept bugging Betty oh. Joe, have got to get and read Water for Elephants. You have to, you have to, you have to. And it's hard, if you look at the book cover, like my one girlfriend said, I would never buy that book because of the book cover. Don't look at the book cover because it's just, it's set in sepia tone from the 30s, and it's just like the Rainmaster going into the tent. So don't let the book cover fool you. It is such a neat book about an older, it starts out with an, with the older gentleman is the, you know, who's the, actually writing about the book. His name is Jacob if that's who it's about, he's older and in a nursing home, and he starts reminiscing about when he was in the circus during the Depression. And the way she writes and the 
the way that she she makes her every single animal like you have empathy for them and you feel for the animals and you feel for each person in the circus and there's a very big like there's diametric opposition between the circus haves and the circus have not and I just it was just a neat coming of age to me for Jacob like his story and it was a beautiful love story between him and Rosie the elephant all right <laughs> for real yes oh Rosie he, he was so good to her and she had not had anybody be good to her before I know it's like when you say it out loud do you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't really know much about the circus during that time or much about the Depression. And this book makes the writer, I forget her name is Sarah. Oh, yeah, Sarah Gruen. Gruen. So she makes you feel filthy and, you know, um, grungy and circusy. I don't know how to say it, but she did. And she True, grungy and circusy. That's how you felt all the time you're reading it. That's right. Right. And then in the next way that she's diametrically opposed, that she'll be um, talking about Malena, Marlena, how beautiful her costume is and her pink sparkles, and she's so good at those bringing you from the depth to the height that for me it was just a beautiful story. And the way she wrote it, I mean, I just loved it. And the ending was just awesome. <laughs> Quite lovely. <laughs> it was all we can't. I don't think we can tell everybody That's about, as much the, as about I the ending. <laughs> oh, I well, I just um, absolutely loved the book too, and uh, so did uh, my husband. And then when we heard that it was going to be made into a movie, we were ecstatic. But then we got worried. Well, what if they I, ruin it? <laughs> what I thought they ruin it. Oh my gosh! So. So anyway, um, when the cast, the name of the names of the cast came out, got even more more excited because it stars uh, Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. as Marlena, who is the uh, she's the the lady that rides the horse, you know, yeah, the horses and and uh, the elephant and wears all the sparkly costumes, and we thought, oh, she's just perfect for that. Mm. And then her sadistic husband, August, is <laughs> played by Christoph Waltz. It's Who just is? made for him. It's a role just made for him. Now he's the actor that was it. That was the uh, ruthless Nazi colonel in Glorious Bastards. Oh, in Glorious Bastards, so, yep. Quentin. T- oh, and he he won the Oscar, of course, for that. And I think mm-hmm. there's going to be another. Oscar in store him because this this role is is just made for him and uh, but the only thing that I what do you think about Robert Pattinson the guy from Twilight as the main character Jay the veterinarian exactly how I pictured him oh yeah I would I just can't to me the fact that he said yes it was the perfect choice I couldn't imagine anybody else being it what did you think okay well that's well, I'm I'm still a little bit worried, and um, in particular because he has to play Jacob from a you know as a young fellow that quits his veterinary veterinarian studies, and then he also has to play Jacob when he's in his nineties in a nursing home. He can do it, and I don't know. I can't see Robert Pattinson with that 
with that much range, but you you don't think there'll be any problem with that? At all, I think that he, I think that he is untapped in his talent, and that he can be up there with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm not a fan of Twilight, y'all. Just so really? you know, I mean, I like, but I think that he's untapped because of the girls, the teens are so crazy for him. But he has full leading man potential to me. And we'll see. Well, we'll you see might be right. I hope. Or not. You know what I mean? He'll either fail well, I or. Hope I hope you're right about that. Now, uh, a lot depends, of course, on the director and the screenwriter and the and the guy doing the music and the cinematography and art direction. And so I looked that up today on the Internet Movie Database, and I think they've got a, a great group of people behind this movie. The director is Francis Lawrence, who also directed I Am Legend, you know, that Will Smith movie. Oh, yeah. I and he... Yeah, Everybody so knows, but I, I did. mean that's first first class. The writer is Richard, the one who adapted the did the adapted screenplay is Richard Gravenese. I think that's how you pronounce his name, and he also adapted to the screen The Horse Whisperer, which I thought was a great yeah. movie, what and a, great a Little Princess. Oh. <laughs> and so that that works. The music is being done by James Newton Howard who has eight Oscar nominations. He did the music for um, Michael Clayton, Dark, The Dark Knight. He also did the music for I Am Legend. The cinematography is uh, going to be in the hands of Rodrigo Prieto, who has uh, two of my favorite films, Original Sin and Frida. He did the cinematography. Mm-hmm. The art direction yeah. is oh, by yeah. David Cash. I believe he did the... Uh, Oh, I'm I'm not sure what what he what he did, but you can be you can be sure that they've got you know with this lineup that the uh, production mm-hmm. values on this they're going to be just great. And while we were reading the book, I don't know about you, but I could just visualize these okay. scenes. There's some exciting mm-hmm. scenes on a train, and it's always great in the movies to see some exciting scenes on the train. There's the circus scenes. There's the stampeding animals. There's the wonderful elephant that can do all of these tricks eventually when they figure out what language (laughs) she responds to. And there's there's plan. There's, oh, I mean, it just has everything going for it. So uh, I I just want to thank you, Nikki, for for saying please read this book because Larry and I, <laughs> I were I so happy. I did keep you bugging what? you. I kept bugging you, but that's because I wanted to talk to somebody about it because nobody I know had read it. And to me, oh, sometimes no. I just wanted to make sure that it was such a it was as good of a book as I had interpreted it because I loved everything about it. I couldn't put it down and. She's an excellent writer, and I just kept recommending it to everybody. And then when you finally read it, I was like, yay! Well, I'm going to be embarrassed <laughs> if I don't see it at this point, the way everybody's talking it up. I heard good things, but, jeez. Uh, well, I don't know anything about the movie. See, we're, we know the book. But if the I haven't been this excited. I just typed this into the chat room. I haven't been this excited for a book to movie since Lord of the Rings, and I know Betty Jo hasn't been since Harry Potter, so... But it's not That's a movie right. like that. You can't you can't compare the movies like for action or for, you know. Although I have seen stills and I have seen the trailer. I put the tra- the YouTube trailer in the. Um, you can just search "Water for Elephants" trailer on YouTube. I put the link in there. It's a beautiful trailer, and it is filmed like 
that era. I mean, it looks beautiful. I just can't wait. I know. And it's hard to, if you, I really recommend reading the book before you see the movie, too. I do. I do. Because I just hope they're not really there. abusive to the animals in the movie because, uh, yeah, I, oh I know God. it's all, I mean, you know, it's fake and everything, but not that's either. very disturbing to me. They are kind of in the, they're, remember, they're in the 30s, but the, it's kind of interesting. I, I found this part interesting. The people who would run the circus would be starving to death, but they would make sure that the animals got fed. It was just interesting. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. They I have want, lots of. They wanted to take lot, good care yep. of the animals. That's true. One really bad person didn't. But he, yeah. But that's okay because you it, end up end up um, understanding and and knowing the whole story. It's good. You should read it. I think your right. wife would like it. I do. Well, don't yes, spoil I, the whole I thing. think she would too. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's going to be a big success, but I'm a little worried that it was that it's being released in um, April, which is early for any Oscar consideration. So I hope it's a good enough movie that it'll be thought about uh, next award season. But uh, we really, definitely recommend really. reading the book, at least reading the book, and and then uh, Nikki and I will will be sure to see the movie right when it comes out, right, Nikki? And then we can oh, yeah. we can talk about the movie. <laughs> When it finally gets here, but I hope that the listeners will check out the link for the uh, preview. Nikki needs to so fly out to Colorado them. so the two of you can, girls can go sit and watch it together. Wouldn't that be fun. Oh, oh. I would love I'm in, that, Nikki. Yep. I am definitely, I am definitely in for that. Well, um, was there anything else that you would like to uh, report on, Jazz? Uh, since we we kind of neglected you here, but uh, I know you've had some pretty snowy weather out where you are, the same as we've had here in Colorado, maybe even worse. No, it's winter, but this isn't a weather show, so that's no surprise. I will remind everybody that, uh, in case you didn't know, since we were talking about the girls and, and girl power and all these great actresses, today is International Women's Day. Yes, so anybody who didn't yes, know that, there's, there's a lot of different activities going on for uh, women's empowerment and uh a couple of seminars that are happening in Washington, D.C. today uh, for working towards uh, women's pay equality, which is still an issue in this country. And it's also, and I, I think this is a terrible disaster, it's also Fat Tuesday. It's the day before Lent. And I was asking someone earlier, isn't it just a terrible idea to have International Women's Day on the same day as Fat Tuesday? Sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. So, <laughs> Well... Well, thank you for that report, and I have to I have to tell everyone that it is also National Proca- Procrastination Week. Uh, but I think I will wait and uh, celebrate it next week. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to tell people, but I thought I'd wait till next month and say it. You know. <laughs> right. Well, I I just have enjoyed uh, the show today so much. I I had been waiting for a long time to talk with Yara Martinez and. And uh, I'm so excited about uh, getting the report from Nikki and uh, also that, that uh, Jazz chimed in with, with these uh, important facts that we needed to know. But our time is um, running out. And so this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio and at WRSP 936 for their support, as well as to Jack, 
Jazz and Nikki for everything they do to make Movie Addict Headquarters such fun to host. Thanks also to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in, and to Yara Martinez for agreeing to that taped interview this morning. Please come back next time for a super-packed show with actor, author, and film critic Phil Hall returns to give us the lowdown on his new film, Uncorked, which he's written and stars in, as well as his new book, What If They Lived? Hollywood's Lost Stars and the Futures They Never Had, plus an upcoming film festival of interest to movie fans. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. Now, to close the show, get ready, everybody. Here comes Footloose. Oh, yeah.